This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by brilliant leader and partner at McGuire Woods, Andrea Lee Linna. Andrea's going to talk to us today about three of the issues she's watching in healthcare right now and what she's seeing. She, she heads up the digital health group at McGuire Woods. Uh, Andrea, take a moment, tell us what are a few of the issues you're watching currently? Sure. So the first one um, is about pharmaceutical companies really moving into the digital health space. So earlier this week, Pfizer said that it was acquiring an app that's called Res App Health. And this application and company has developed a smartphone application that diagnoses COVID based upon your cough. So you cough right into your phone and it is able to tell you with extreme accuracy whether or not you have COVID. It's being sold for 74 million. It's an Australian company. Uh, probably what's leading this is Res App Health had a um, study done that it just released the results of, and their results found that it was just as accurate as um, testing for the rapid antigen testing. Um, so just as accurate as having a test, which is pretty amazing, um, just upon, you know, <laughs> coughing at your phone. And the idea is that this will be so helpful for individuals that need to test or need to prove their vaccination status or their negative um, test or that they don't have COVID a lot. So, for example, individuals yeah, that are special... required to prove this for employment. Answer, is there any kind of attachment to the phone or just do you, how does that work? Mm. Do you, have you, you just cough right at the phone? Mm. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I understand. I was looking, actually, I was looking at the app this morning and yeah, you just cough right into the phone and <laughs> incredible accuracy. It's based on AI that's, you know, improving over time, but, you know, pretty incredible if you think about if you're an employee if you're going to a major sports event, for example, or a concert or something like that. I mean, so many uh, ways this could be so helpful um, to replace with amazing accuracy actually having a test. Amazing, simply amazing. So that's one story and that's fascinating, sort of both the pharmaceutical companies trying to get better at digital, but, but really so fascinating, this kind of application, because there's been so much discussion about so much is moving to smartphones, but smartphones are still having a hard time diagnosing, and this is another step towards smartphones being able to do so. It's just fascinating. So tell us, fascinating. Tell us what else you're watching today, Andrew. That's fascinating. Thank you. Yeah, I think the other um, interesting thing that came out this week was a GAO report um, that did a report because of the CARES Act, it was required to, um, on Medicaid telehealth services. So. Medicaid, you know, this will be important for really any organization that's filling Medicare or Medicaid, but Medicaid really across all 50 states, there's some sort of different expansion for coverage of telehealth in response to COVID. So um, many did what was similar, what Medicare did, which was waiving restrictions on originating sites and allowing different like audio only modalities, getting rid of the requirement for in-person visits. And so this study really looked at, um, you know, where do we go from here now that we have more information? Um, and some interesting, it only looked at five different states, but some interesting uh, pieces that came out of this was that they found that each state had really different 
telehealth utilization. So there were some states where it was a pretty small increase and then other states were really large increase. So trying to understand why this variation. Um, they talked about you know, fraud risk and each state is doing its own um, activities around, you know, is there, is there medically unnecessary services being provided over telehealth, for example? And we saw this week as well, there was a large physician group um, that was settled with the DOJ for $24.5 million, I believe, because they were providing medically unnecessary telehealth appointments. And the idea there was, you know, they had all their non-emergency medical procedures suspended during the early part of the pandemic. And so they directed physicians to see all patients twice a month, regardless of need over telehealth. So obviously that was, that was a problem. And then looking no, at- No, this is the kind of stuff, but this yeah, is a fascinating subject because this is the thing that like, all of us look at Congress and say, or, or DHS and say, why don't they just expand telehealth because we all like it, we all want it. And of course it's these kinds of reports and this kinds of bad actors that get in the way of a more significant expansion by Medicare of telehealth because of concern that there will be, you know, abuse and fraud and it'll cost so much money. I mean, it's absolutely a fascinating study by the GAO and it's exactly in the, you know, in the, in the sweet spot of things that they're concerned about when expand telehealth beyond the emergency sort of status. Thank you. Andrew, keep on going. Thank you. Yeah, and so I think the third one that I was looking at this week relates to this as well is there really is no uniform approach right now to assess quality of care delivered via telehealth. And you see this arising, I mean, a lot uh, around Medicare, particularly saying that they need to study this. They don't have enough data to really see um, how is quality of care impacted over telehealth. So that's an area too, and it was actually cited in this GAO report about how they, they need to start doing that. That was, um, that hasn't been done. CMS hasn't done that yet, and they need to do that essentially. So we can start, you know, they can start making decisions about expanding it long-term um, because there's been a lot of attention. Um, you know, they've been looking into fraud and abuse issues and basically studying utilization, but we still don't have a good idea of, um, how telehealth has impacted quality of care um, on a Medicaid level, Medicare level, or even um, you know commercial payers. But but those are those are these are three fascinating issues today. First is because I think people have sort of through the pandemic, at least most consumers want the option for telehealth for the long run, and and I think most partners do as well. I think mostly the. Um, but, but these are the two big concerns. Is there something missing in the quality of care? Is there something, you know, is there more fraud? And so both, those are the two, two big studies that more will have to be done to ultimately make telehealth a permanent sort of part of at least Medicare and probably Medicaid. And also payers are all over the board on what they're doing with it, with some of them embracing mm -hmm. it fully and some not. And then this other issue on the, the growth and the applications and how people can use applications for diagnoses is just absolutely fascinating. And the, mm -hmm. congratulations to that company, Res App, <laughs> and, and the Pfizer and the acquisition. That just is fascinating stuff. So cool. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I'm, I would love, I hope everybody's using it. That's great. I mean, I can imagine that really being rolled out um, and it being really popular. So can't wait to see where that goes. Just fascinating. Andrew, as always, a pleasure visiting with you. Thank you very much. Again, Andrew Lelina, she's the partner in charge of digital health at McGuire Woods, a brilliant lawyer and, and thinker about healthcare, more than just a lawyer. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thanks, Scott.